Hey, thanks for joining us this morning. Whether you're watching online or on demand or whether you're listening on our podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. So last week we started a series called Halftime. And the thing about halftime is, is in between the moment, the time between first half and second half, and the whole premise of this series is this. It's that it's not too late to finish strong. It's not too late to finish strong. We would all agree that our first half was very unexpected. And what we want to do during this middle of the uh, a part of the year is to get ready for the second half of the year. And so in halftime, there are five moments that make halftime halftime. You refuel, you recharge, you reflect, you assess, and you adjust. And we talked about this last week, that it's important that we take a couple of weeks to refuel, recharge, reflect, assess, and adjust so that we are prepared for what God might have for us in the second half of the year. So last week we said there are four questions that we, we need to ask ourselves. And so uh, we, we encourage you to ask these four questions with someone this week. And the four questions went like this. What habits are slowing me down that I need to change? What thoughts are tripping me up that I need to change? What joy would this change bring me by the end of the year? And how can I keep my eyes on Jesus? And we said that question is really important because Jesus never changes. That Jesus is stable, he's constant, he's consistent, whereas we're the opposite of that. Uh, The writer of Hebrews writes that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, Keeping our eyes on someone that is stable, that is consistent, that is constant is huge for us when we're not. So regardless, however, however life happens in the second half of the year, if we keep our eyes focused on him, things are going to go well for us. So second thing that we want to talk about this week is that there is something that all of us have in order to make these changes. There's something that you've been gifted and there's something that I've been gifted. And there's two preachers that talked about this. One said this. He said, this is the most precious gift because you only have a set amount of it. The other preacher said this. My biggest surprise in life is the brevity of it. My biggest surprise in life is how fast it goes. I'm sure you guessed that both of these preachers talked about time. The precious gift is time and it's precious because you and I only have a set amount of it. You're not guaranteed, like me, I'm not guaranteed another 30, another 40, another 50 years. We're not guaranteed that. For some of us that are listening, we're not guaranteed another year or another 10 years. We're not guaranteed any of that. But we do know that God gifts us time so that we can do something about it. Now, I don't know about you, but for the first 16, 17 years years of my life, I couldn't wait to get out of the house. I could not wait to sort of of move on with my life, get married, have kids. Could not wait for that. It seemed like time could not go by fast enough. But then when I experienced those things, when I experienced responsibility, when I experienced independence, when I experienced marriage and being a dad, man, life could not slow down fast enough. I don't know about you, but I know for me, having a a wife that stays home with with Brooke, this is what I've heard, and I believe this to be true, that the days are long and the years are short. The days are long and the years are short. Although we brought up some quotes uh, from the quality pastors, uh, that you you may not have to be a follower of Jesus, but these quotes that they brought up, 
is true because we're going to see that the truth behind it is actually found in the Bible. So, before we jump in to that, it's really important for us to position ourselves with a question. So the question that we need to ask ourselves today is this. How can I make the best use of my time in the second half of the year? How can I make the best use of my time in the second half of the year? But in order to answer that question, we probably need to ask another question. And that is, how did I do spending my time in the first half of the year? How did I do spending the, my time in the first half of the year? And you're going to hear me say this over and over and over again today. And it's this. The better we spend our time, the better we spend our life. The better we spend our time, the better we spend our lives. And we'll make it personal. Make it personal for you. The better I spend my time, the better I spend my life. See, the reality is that you and I, we spend our time on something. We do. For us, it's furthering our career. Or maybe for you, it's relationships. Or maybe for you, it's hobbies. It's shopping or binge watching. Or maybe for you, it's sports. Or or maybe for you, it's family. So let me ask you this question. Are you satisfied? As you think back, are you satisfied with how you spent your life the first half of the year? Are you satisfied with it? The second question is this. Are there ways that you would want to spend it differently the second half of the year? Are there ways that you want to spend your life differently the second half of the year? Really, what you spent your time on, was it worth it? Was it worth it? I know for me, there are a few hours that I wish I could get back. I watched that thing on Netflix, or I watched that thing on Prime, and I'm like, why did I waste my life on this? I want those hours back. You might be thinking the same thing. See, our wisest next step is to actually ask God, because God created time. See, before there was time, there was God. God created time. God created it as a gift to us. He created it as a gift to you, and He created it as a gift to me. Since He created it, He knows how to best leverage it. Since he created it, he knows how to best leverage it. And so the wisest thing for us would be to ask him this question. How would we best use our time from your perspective? How would we best use time from your perspective? So Jeff Henderson, who's a pastor in our network, formerly worked at Chick-fil-A in the marketing division. And I was going to tease you and actually have a sandwich, but knowing that this is going to be aired on Sunday, you all would hate me, and I promise I would not do that. So here we go. He talks about inventor's credibility. Inventor's credibility. He writes this, The company or the person that invented this business or invented this product or invented this service, whatever it may be, they had credibility more than anybody else because they actually invented it. And because they invented it, they had their credibility of it. That's why at Chick-fil-A, we had this tagline. I'm pretty sure they still have this tagline. We didn't invent the chicken, just the chicken sandwich. See, that's inventor's credibility. True, Kathy invented the chicken sandwich, so he knows how to best create it. The same thing when it comes to time. Because God created it, he knows how to best leverage it, how to best make use of it. So, remember how we said this. The better we spend our time, the better we spend our lives. The better we spend our time, the better we spend our lives. 
Now, this is a big deal in the Bible because the New Testament writers were expecting Jesus to return at any moment, and he hadn't, but they were expecting him to. And so what they are writing can apply to us as well because Jesus has yet to return. So notice what Paul writes. He's writing to a church in a city called Ephesus. And this is what he writes to these Christians. He says this, So be careful how you live. It's a caution. It's a word of caution. He's saying this, Hey, your life matters. What you do matters. What you do has consequences. So all of us, like we, we all know that, but it's really good to be reminded of that. And, and I'll be, and I'm, we're going we're gonna to address this in a few weeks, but I know that I had some really close friends that are no longer friends with other close friends because of things they shared on Facebook that they really didn't know what they were sharing because they got into the moment and the emotion of it. They were sharing things that really hurt other people. And when they were asked to defend it, they couldn't defend it. They didn't know really what they were hashtagging or what they were sharing. And some really mean things were being said about each other. And really, quite honestly, it's really sad because look, you and I, we really need to know what we are doing because what we do matters. What we do has consequences. It really, they really do. So he goes on and says this, don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. He's contrasting those who live foolishly and those who live wisely. So those who live like fools, they live like time has no expiration date. They live like God didn't create time or invent time. They live really as God doesn't exist. A fool also lives by only this life in mind. They're not thinking about the next. However, someone that's wise, they live like time does have an expiration date. They live like God did create and invent time. And because he did that, he knows how to best leverage that. Also, a wise person, they live with the next life in mind. So what they're sharing, what they're saying is always focused on, okay, how is this going to impact my next life? How is this going to impact those that I have credibility with, that I have influence with? And also, I know that I have to make the best use of my time because time has an expiration date. He continues, he says this, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So Paul's saying this, he said, look, as soon as Jesus left, things got progressively worse. And look, they have gotten progressively worse. And they're not going to get any better until Jesus does come back. So he's saying this, while we are waiting, let's make the most of every opportunity. The reason why we need to live wisely is because time is short. Time is fleeting. See, for you, I know for, I know for me, and, and I'm assuming it's for you, is the temptation is to pull us away with living with wisdom. H- how many of us have said, well, I, I, I got time. I, I got time. I got time. The problem is, is we aren't guaranteed time. The temptation for us is to pull us to, 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 to uh, living with ourselves as God instead of God as the giver of time. So we're trying to replace 
him. All right, so he writes to another church. He writes this, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Sounds very familiar with what he wrote at the church of Ephesus. And now he's writing this to the church at Colossae. He said, look, live wisely. But notice what he says, among those who are not believers. Listen, the best way you and I can invest into someone who is yet to believe in Jesus is to live with wisdom. It's to live with wisdom. This living like time doesn't, it has an expiration date. This is living with the next life in mind. See, we need to be mindful that the opportunities that, that are gifted to us, they have an expiration. There's going to be a day where there's going to be no salvations, which means there's going to be no baptisms, which means there's going to be no life change like we experience here. Time is short. Time is running out. And Paul is reminding us, look, we need to live with the next life in mind too. It's important to invest in those who have yet to follow Jesus because their time is limited as well. So the question that Paul is writing from these two letters is this, am I making the best use of my time? Ask yourself that question. Are you making the best use of your time? So from these letters, Paul, and there are three more questions that we can pull to answer this question. Remember the, the question we're going to try to answer today is this. How can I make the best use of my time in the second half of the year? So we ask three questions. One is this. Are you numbering your days? Are you numbering your days? Paul, who wrote these two letters, I'm sure knew, memorized Psalm 9012 from the Jewish scriptures. Psalm 90.12 says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Like growing up in church, leading local churches. Like I know we know to do that. We just don't do that. I think for some of us, we're afraid to talk about death. We're afraid to think about death. Fact of the matter is this the wise thing to do because it allows us to approach every day as a gift from God. Like, who are we kidding? Everyone has an appointment with death. I mean, 10 out of 10 doctors would tell you that you and I are going to, to die. Hmm. So those who are wise will lean into that fact. And they're going to lean in to make decisions so that every opportunity isn't wasted. Like, if you weren't uncomfortable already, l- let me make us even more uncomfortable. When it comes to the remaining 193 days left in this calendar year, you're not promised all 193. You and I aren't even promised tomorrow. A wise person, they think about that. They think about that. It doesn't mean that a wise person cashes out their retirement. A wise person learns how to live in the balanced intention of making the most of the day by investing into tomorrow, even if tomorrow doesn't come. That's what a wise person does. A wise person makes the most of today by investing in tomorrow, even if tomorrow doesn't come. They know how to live in the tension of the two. Second question we need to ask is, are you doing something that will stand the test of time? Are you doing something that will stand the test of time? Jesus was very clear. 
he created the local church. The, create, the, the local church was started to be the vehicle in which the gospel would impact communities. And so you and I, we have a responsibility to be part of Jesus's kingdom, Jesus's mission. And look, for, for us, in order to get the gospel out to people, it's to recognize that the gospel not only gets us in, but it gives us the power within to live for him. So, as we think about that, the best way that you and I can leverage our time is to be part of the local church. It's by serving, by connecting, by inviting, by giving to the local church, funds our mission to impact local communities. Are you doing something that will stand the test of time? Man, just this past week, I've had conversations with families that are actually going to be deployed, hopefully when we start meeting together again in the fall. And so that leaves more room for you and I to serve. There's going to be plenty of opportunities as we get back in a meeting again for you and I to serve the local church. And I'll be honest as well, just because we're not paying rent doesn't mean that we still don't have expenses and we're not trying to save for that, you know, uh, for that building and for that facility. So I still encourage you to give because it's the right thing to do. It's the wise thing to do as we are called by Jesus to spread the gospel. And the way that we do that best is by being part of the local church. That is something that he died for and gave his life for. Third question is this. Are you made right with God, the creator and inventor of time? Like, it really comes down to that. It comes down to that. Are you made right with God, the creator and inventor of time? Paul encourages you to take that next step. And the way that we are made right with God is by by doing what he says. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Has there been a moment in your life that you believed in the name of Jesus? The good news is that Everyone that calls on his name is saved. Listen, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. What better time than now to make Jesus the leader of your life? Look, remember, the better we spend our time, the better we spend our lives. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today. We ask that you will help us to count down our days Help us, help us. I know this may sound morbid or it may be tough, but help us, help us to ask you how we ought to use our time. And it seems very clear from Paul how we ought to use our time. So Father, give us the faith, give us the courage, give us what we need to step out in faith and trust you with tomorrow, with today, and with the future. In Jesus' name, amen.